Hello and welcome back to the 58th episode of the Oligarchy Disruptive Podcast with your host, Bonnet Leon. And of course, we have the lovely Ashley Downing with us as well. Hello. Alrighty, guys. So today we have a very special episode. We're kind of going to do um, uh, more of a straight talking episode. We want to converse with you guys and like level with you during such a crazy time in our country's history. Like, A lot of the things that we're experiencing right now have really never happened to the extent that they've happened. Uh, and this has been, of course, exacerbated by the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, but like what I mean by that is we're facing jobless number or uh, unemployment numbers that we've never seen before, worse than the Great Depression. Uh, we are expecting a financial meltdown worse than the Great Depression. And when you like uh, take into consideration like how the world is really kind of like shutting down and has shut down since the beginning of all of this, um, you kind of realize that like how, where the, where our government especially is kind of like falling short of their duties to their public, to their citizens. Because mm -hmm. if you compare our country to other countries, A, like they have national healthcare, everyone's getting taken care of no matter what, Everyone's getting seen, everyone's getting help. They're helping them financially too. They recognize that one of the best ways to help solve the problem, uh, especially economically and keeping uh, money in the hands of the everyday working people, they require a universal basic income, which many countries have already recognized mm -hmm. and given to, their, uh, given to their citizens. Just like we kind of got one, the $1,200 stimulus check, but it was a one-time payment, not necessarily uh, anything serious or permanent. Substantial. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I was really, I, I don't, a band-aid a band is a nice word to call it. A band-aid is a nice word to call it. I mean, the whole point and why they rushed to do everything was because rent was due on April 1st. Uh, everybody had to pay all these things, but guess what? I, I mean, everybody got their money fucking late anyway, so um what was the point of rushing that anyways uh, but now we know why they were rushing it and it wasn't because of the stimulus check payments to us or caring about us or anything like that it what that was the pressure on them to perform from us and from the corporate uh corporate america but you see and where did all that go exactly. corporate america <laughs> exactly you know um so that's just that's just the tip of the iceberg um, and what really set me off was watching this video earlier today from uh, this journalist. His name is Chris Hedges. He's a per, uh, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, just like uh, Glenn Greenwald, uh, who exposed uh, that story from Edward Snowden. So like one of these really moral, steadfast journalists that um, stays true to his word and puts money where his mouth is. And um, more so than that, off he is not only a rational thinker, but someone who wants democracy to actually function well for the majority of the citizens, you know? So I immediately freaked out upon watching this video. Um, and uh, I, I mean, I was in the midst of, uh, I was about to take a nap and it kept me awake because it was so good. Um, now, uh, actually, I sent, that you, I sent you that video for you to watch it. I sent you another video on top of that, but uh, we won't mention that in this episode. Um, but I sent you that Chris Hedges video from Jimmy Dore. What, what were your thoughts on that? 
Uh, so, so many thoughts. I think when I was just, we were talking about it uh, like 10 minutes ago, I think I was just spewing out so many different uh, topics because <laughs> they covered a lot of ground in that video. Um, I think that the biggest takeaway from there was that the government, no, the two-party system, no matter which side you are on, neither of them are ever going to benefit you. And we're kind of disillusioned <laughs> into thinking that this is a, um, a party of the people. Um, no matter which side you're on, you think that you're, going, you're, you're voting in your best interest. Um, and it's so clear from all of these progressives who have tried to get in to the Democratic Party and kind of um, wiggle in some progressive policies and are constantly snuffed out and are now voting with the majority of Democrats. Um, it's just so obvious that these systems are not for the people um, and that people who try to get in the system to help the common people, the common people um, are, well, are killed, are um, taken out of their seats, are um, fired. <laughs> and so it's, it's scary, but it's something that it, I think needs to be talked about. And that's kind of why we are doing this podcast to show people that the, the mainstream media and the stuff that you are listening to on a regular basis is not giving you everyday real factual information about what's happening. And that's dangerous because you're using that information to make educated decisions about um, not just voting, but about what schools to send your children to, about where to buy, what to buy when you go to the grocery store. I mean, all of these things that they're teaching you, um, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. And there's, I was kind of leaning towards that other video you sent me too, but it's just so uh, scary that everything is kind of run by this elite class. Oligarchy. The oligarchy. And the, the oligarchy. And us common folks are, are here clawing through information to try to figure out what's accurate when um, <laughs> that should not be the case. It should not be the case. Absolutely. Um, I think you hit the nail right on the head talking about why why we're kind of finding ourselves in this place where a lot of citizens are either uninformed, the people that don't give a fuck uh, about politics, our country, or your neighbor, or anything like that, um, or maybe you're disheartened, whatever the case may be, ultimately, you don't vote and your voice isn't heard. Sorry. Um, then Which I think is just as bad as the second group you're gonna talk about, honestly. If you do not want to be informed, that is a scary, that's scarier than being misinformed. <laughs> you should want to know what's going on. Absolutely. And you mentioned it right now. The next group is the misinformed. These are the people that uh, watch the news. They're very educated. They're very on it. Like they're very like uh, formally educated as well. Um, they tend to like <laughs> uh, vote along party lines. Uh, they are the establishment. True, uh, through and through, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, these are the people that are going to defend the people that are actually working against you. And this is the majority of the people that participate in politics and vote. The majority, yeah. These are the it's, Fox News watchers. These are the CN, uh, CNBC and uh, MSNBC. Like, these are all those, like, media types of watchers. But, like, mm -hmm. what, 
what I really want to get at is why we started this podcast, you know, and we mentioned in the, fir- the very first episode, um, but it was kind of like a, a little new, uh, newbie-ish then. Uh, <laughs> now, um, I definitely have a better grasp of, uh, I don't, I want to say like, it's mu- my understanding is much different than j- just a month or two ago, but, or a few months ago that uh, this podcast was created or whatnot. But um, what I would, I want to say is that like, the amount of shit that goes on on a daily basis in our country, the things that happen right under our nose and all that stuff, it's it's horrible for you to follow along and watch and actually be conscious and aware of it, you know, rather than mm-hmm. being like the ignorance is bliss type of thing. Like, okay, like these politicians are all shit and um, they're all corrupt. So I'm not going to vote for any of them. Uh, I mean, you are right. They are corrupt. They don't fight for you. You are right about that. But your anger is misplaced by not voting against them. You know, like if you think that, if you really think that and believe that, then you should be voting against the people that you think are corrupt, evil, doing all this shit. You know, like if that was the case, we wouldn't have Joe Biden. We would definitely not have fucking Trump. Um, we wouldn't have had Hillary Clinton. We wouldn't have had fucking Bush, any of the Bushes, Reagan. Like, do you think it's any coincidence that the last progressive president was in the fucking thirties? And do you think <laughs> it's also any coincidence that, uh, he had, he was reelected four times. They had to change the laws. They had to change the constitution. So he could, no president could not get elected, uh, for more than two terms. So I mean, to me, that's not a coincidence. To me, that is the Democratic Party being extremely efficient at their job, being the machine that they are and snuffing out the uh, the progressive candidates. But what we want you to kind of get from this podcast is that we want to be the different type of media that you consume that actually tells you the shit that you should know rather than the stuff that they think you should know, you know? which is a very stark difference between the two. Absolutely. Well, and I think that no matter which side of the aisle you fall on right now, Republican or Democrat, um, and and, uh, not to say that there are are only those two, but clearly those are the two that have been running our country um, for since the existence. (laughs) So, um, fortunately. You know, I've always been such a big advocate for um, political justice, I guess you could call it. Your vote is your vote, uh, no matter who you decide to vote for. Um, I personally have um, friends that voted for Trump, family members that voted for Trump. I clearly (laughs) am not a Trump supporter, um, obviously, from this podcast, but... um, I don't think that the, the, I think when you make the option or the choice to align yourself and surround yourself with only one type of group of one type of political group, one type of media, one type of anything, it's dangerous. And I hope that people listen to this podcast that disagree with us. I hope that this opens your eyes to other things. Um, And if you, at the end of the day, you still disagree with us, 
awesome. Thanks for listening anyways. You know, thanks for getting both sides and thanks for trying to get um, a more accurate view because I think that no matter what media, mainstream media you listen to, you know, CNN for the Democrats and Fox News for the Republicans, um, they're so biased. They're so biased. And they only want to, they only want you to continue to vote for them. So that's the media, that's the, um, the news that you're going to receive is stuff that's going to keep you aligned with their base of voters so that in November when you show up or every other election, mayor, judges, they want you to align yourself with that party. Mm -hmm. But what you guys should be getting out of this is that it's really all an illusion. It's the illusion mm -hmm. of choice, you know? Like they tell you, okay, you have the Democrats and you have the Republicans. These are your two choices. And if you vote for anyone, even though, even if you know that there's thir a third party option, which most people don't know that, <laughs> if you even know that, then, <laughs> and you vote for those people, you're shamed by the people within these two groups for causing either one of those two candidates to fail within the system. Absolutely. Know? So that's Absolutely. why third parties fail so often in this country, even though the two-party duopoly is a trap and a an illusion of choice. And as close as we got to voting a third-party uh, candidate to, to the presidency in the White House um, was Ralph Nader. And Ralph Nader got, uh, like I said, about 10% of the, of the national vote, which was really, really mm -hmm. good for a third party. Uh, like I said, the best that's ever been achieved by a third party candidate but everyone blamed him all the democrats blamed him for when uh even though he was the candidate of reason he was the one that was against uh the war machine he was the one that was against the military industrial complex against the the corporate america that he saw taking over the oligarchy that was controlling the united states he saw that wanted to change it and then what happened he was um he was tarnished. He was berated by the Democrats. He yeah. was berated by the media. So like what you guys should get out of that is that like, A, if you tell the truth, you're going you're gonna to be slandered by the majority of the, the news outlets. You're going to be beaten down by other, um, other candidates, you know, like people that the same candidates that will stand right next to you and tell you like, okay, I'm with you on this. But as soon as you attack, uh, attack the Democratic Party or attack Obama or say anything about the truth of your own party that you represent and that's supposed to be for the people and by the people and all this shit, like the, the party of morals, like how, how are they, how are they going to do that? You know, like, yeah. Well, and I, when people, when, <laughs> I've always kind of um, said that I'm more of a third party person. Um, it wasn't until Bernie, I think, that I really aligned myself with the Democratic Party. Um, but I have been hearing that forever, that voting third party is throwing your, your vote away, um, that you're, it's, it's, basically, it's, it's basically just giving your vote to whoever the winner is. Um, and it's it, it really is. And that's what I mean by also by political justice is, you, you know, I'm so, fuck off. You know, this is my constitutional vote. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Don't tell me that what I'm doing is wrong. And I think that I'm getting a lot of that this election. 
because I will not vote for Biden. I cannot vote for Biden. I don't care if that means that there's four more years of Trump. I just cannot do it. It's not within my ethical boundaries to vote for him. Um, So I think that um, when people say that you shouldn't be voting um, for uh, a third party, um, especially right now, that's what we need right now. Or we, you know, we we need enough people who are not going to vote for one of those two parties. Exactly. We need a candidate that is going to go into the system, try to actually change it, call out the parties. If you're going to do that, if you're going to go the Bernie Sanders route, you have to rally against your party. The winning strategy, like Donald Trump showed us in 2016, is to rally against your party, run against the party. Why? Mm -hmm. Because everyone fucking hates the system. Everyone hates the government. If you tap into the, that emotion uh, that people have and that resentment that people have against the, the government that controls them, then Easy. you win. You'll win. Yeah. You stand for the rights of people. If you, if you actually give a fuck about us, even in the slightest, you'll fucking win. Like, and that's, that's, not even, that's not even a high bar at all. That's just matching what the people want. And Definitely. what's crazy is that they fool us into thinking that we want other things, you know? They fool us into thinking that we want a public option rather than Medicare for all, you know? They fool Mm -hmm. us into thinking that Obamacare is just as good as um, universal... uh, uh, Yeah, exactly. Any other type of public option. (laughs) And that just, that scenario just keeps going on and on and on for other different types of issues. So it's not mm-hmm. just this one thing. That's just an example. Yeah. But I, I also just kind of want to um, talk about how we got here, you know, like let's give our little story about how, wh- how and why we care enough to have made a podcast to tell our audience like all these things that are happening on a daily basis and why we decided to make it a daily podcast when we were um, an on and off like or weekly podcast, you know? So mm-hmm. let, let's go into that. Start off with your story and then I'll go into mine. Oh, me. Okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, well, if you guys have checked out the website at all, our blogs oh, are yeah. on there. Go ahead. Yeah, um, yeah. Our okay. political journey blog. Uh, well, we're actually going to be updating that blog weekly as well. But our first blog post from both of us was our political journey, we called it. Um, and I think that with me, I was not, I, I grew up with my parents watching the news, um, which honestly, my parents did watch uh, a lot of different mainstream but they did not stick to one specific uh, media outlet, which I uh, appreciated. So I grew up a lot around different types of news, but I was not politically active really growing up. Um, I didn't really get interested in politics until 2016 with Hillary and Trump. Um, I think that I kind of saw what was happening in the primary and I was really bummed about that with Bernie. Um, but then I kind of got to this point in t- 2017 with the inauguration of Donald Trump as our president. And I was just like, how did we get here? And um, I was under this facade still that Obama was this wonderful president that we had prior to, to Trump and that um, all of these 
policy decisions um, that Trump was going to be making was going to um, dig us into this deep, deep hole. And then the more that I really researched and looked into like, how did we end up here? Like, what is going on with this duopoly we have um, in our American politics? And you really realize Obama's not that uh, great of a president, if I can say that. <laughs> and the, the situation that Trump kind of stepped into was not all that great to begin with. I'm not saying that he isn't, he didn't make really bad decisions um, pulling out of the Paris Accord. I do not agree with. I think that was absolutely horrible. Um, I'm not even really sure if I agree with the whole NATO decision. Um, but I do have to, I do have to say that uh, presidents before him made really awful decisions for working class people. Um, and so it's not all on who our current president is. Um, so the more that I kind of consumed other types of, of media um, and news and um, really just kind of talked with people who are um, more who like, like you, Bennett, people who, who also consume these other types of media, you really get into this group of people where you feel comfortable talking about differing opinions. And I think that that's really important too, is being able to be okay with somebody disagreeing with you. And that's really how I grew, was just asking questions and wondering, well, why? Um, and people changing my mind. Um, I know that when, when, when talking with you, you, you were like, oh, I can't wait to talk to you about Obama. <laughs> and, and it was just like, wow. Um, so that's kind of how my political journey started. Then I uh, want to go to law school. So I was looking into majors that were lucrative for that. Um, and political science was one of them. I got into that major and absolutely fell in love with it. And the rest was kind of history. <laughs> um, so now I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now I really enjoy just talking about um, how we got here and how we can move forward to be uh, the progressive society that I think we've always wanted to be. Um, we just haven't really been able to get there. Hundred percent. And uh, what about yeah. you, Bennett? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for queuing me in. All right. So. Uh, for my own personal story, how, well, first off, I'm an immigrant, right? So my parents are from Mexico. They brought me when I was very young. Um, I'm really only, um, I was really only born in Mexico, um, and that's it. Like, they pretty much brought <laughs> me over uh, right after that. So um, a lot of what I know is a mix of both cultures. Um, but from my origins and because of my, my family's immigrant nature, they weren't as up to date on politics. They didn't really watch the news. They didn't really care about any of those things. Um, but as soon as I started kind of like getting around other people, like other uh, surrounding myself, uh, whether or not in school or um, watching TV or whatnot, um, people, other, other older people that I thought were um truth tellers you know people that i thought um just because i respected them and i thought they were an authority figure i thought that i could i could just listen to them about anything um and because i trusted them about other things not everybody is um as savvy when it comes to politics 
in fact, a very slim minority <coughs> actually know what they're talking about. Uh, but to go on, uh, later on, I, after kind of getting into high school and college, I got exposed to other like-minded people, exposed to different types of philosophy, uh, different political theories. Um, and also at, at the same time when I was in college, uh, Bernie Sanders started to run for uh, the presidency. And, uh, or not, not when I was, yeah, 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 when I was in college. And I really fell in love uh, with the progressive politics behind it. Um, and that's a huge contrast to me being in high school. I'm going to rest a little bit. In high school, I forgot to mention, I used to uh, be a Republican. Uh, because of those previous influences that I, that I had and I believed them, a lot of the things they said, they, they had enough of an influence on me for me to believe that I was a conservative myself. And I actually um, tend to kind of believe those conservative, uh, fiscally conservative um, notions. But when it comes to liberal, like the social interactions, I'm totally, totally like super liberal. Um, and now... I'm kind of uh, backing off Ron Paul, backed off Bernie Sanders, uh, now that he has kind of shown us his true intentions uh, as the leader of the progressive movement. Um, but since college, I've been a freaking political junkie. I have never stopped watching uh, the news, trying what I do, like I've mentioned in various other episodes, is I consume many different types of media to see what what they're talking about um but i only trust a very very select few for things that i don't know about you know so um but the reason why i started this podcast is because i wanted to show you all and explain to you in a really simple way and every day um, talk just like a conversation, which is why Ashley and I just basically have conversations uh, <laughs> on a daily basis, you know? Yeah, this is almost, this is fun. It's like a real, it's, <laughs> that is what this is sometimes, <laughs> just a conversation. Exactly. But it, it, it's meant to enlighten our viewers. It's meant to um, not only educate you, but kind of motivate you to make changes in your life that will benefit you and your neighbors and other people that you don't know but that deserve those type that type of um support from you um when it comes to to voting you know and doing your civic mm -hmm. duty everybody needs to work together if if everybody voted i really really doubt that we would have the government that we have and the people uh that are in power now. absolutely you know like uh, Absolutely, but everybody, no every single person wants to complain about the state that the U.S. is in today. So why don't y'all get out there and vote? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but another thing is just to kind of get directly to you guys, because we've, uh, of course, talked about this many times, but the media is very, very misleading, very misleading. Mm -hmm. Um, and these people that they say they have all these degrees, they have all this shit uh, to back up who they are and what they're going to tell you. They really are there in support of the corporate machine. Like if you want, a politics is largely about influence, money, and power. 
if you follow money, if you follow the money when it comes to the media and politics, for the most part, you will definitely uh, find shit you had no idea uh, existed. When you find, mm-hmm. when you look up who owns CNN, who owns um, MSNBC, who are like these are the oligarchs. These are the people that control our society, control our country, have us in a tight ass grip that they won't let us go. But it's partly our fault because we're not rising up. We're not showing how we are dissatisfied with the system that we have, the the society that we have. We're not. Go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say that we're people are protesting right now, but they're protesting for the wrong reasons. People want to get a fucking haircut. I saw like some dude like protesting outside and he wants a fucking haircut Um, or that they're like um, they want to go back to work. For the oligarchs, like these people, they want to go back. You're going back for the wrong reasons. You need to be going out and marching and protesting. What, like, you're not going to go out there and protest the trillions of dollars that the, the government and the Fed gave to, to Wall Street and the biggest banks and people that didn't need it at all. People that were extremely irresponsible with their money and yet are getting bailed out by by the taxpayer by uh the our country when yeah they, meanwhile you have millions of people who can't pay their rent and while they are telling you mitch mcconnell is saying i'd rather let the states go bankrupt i'd rather let the states go bankrupt than give them uh, than borrow from future generations but you had no fucking problem donating uh taking away from future generations to give to the fucking rich and to the wealthy corporations that didn't need it and that's what you guys should see. That's what you guys should hammer into your heads that these people are working against you day and night, day yeah. and night, literally. Chuck Schumer is not your friend, the Democrat, the minority leader. Um, Barack Obama is not your friend. Joe Obama, uh, no, Joe Obama. Joe Biden. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Joe Biden is not your friend. As far- Trump is not your friend. Nancy Pelosi, Nancy not our Pelosi. friend. <laughs> Absolutely. So these people are constantly working against you. And if you see us constantly rallying against corporate Democrats, it's not because we hate the Democratic Party. It's because we want it to be better. We want mm-hmm. our democracy to function more for us, for everyday people, than it is for the oligarchy. And that's well, how and it's the been only, up until now, you know? Yeah, and the only thing that we really have over them is our vote. And that's why I... That's why I say that um, political justice is so important. Don't let, <laughs> don't let people um, tell you who to vote for. Um, you know, this whole idea that because you align yourself with one party, you have to vote for that person who's nominated from the primary. Bullshit. Um, no. If, if I'm going to vote for, if I'm going to get a Democratic ticket and vote for a Democrat, I'm writing in Bernie Sanders as protest. I, or, and if I'm in, if I, and that's only if I vote for a Democrat, with a Democratic ticket. Um, I just don't think that people realize the only way that things are going to change is for people to see that enough working class Americans are fed up, are done are over this two-party system that regularly does not work in our favor. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like what you said about the protest. That really, I'm boggled by that too. Why are people protesting to go back to work instead of, and for other, you know, random things like salons to be open, 
instead you should be protesting the fact that you you only got twelve hundred dollars in your pocket girl like um <laughs> that's like a really big deal how are you gonna pay your rent how are you gonna pay your utilities i mean i mean we're lucky that jen and i are both working but if we weren't i mean i cannot imagine the the stress the the mental anguish that i i am i have very high anxiety guys very high anxiety so i could not even imagine people who have kids in this situation right now people who um are who have already had debt before coming into this situation and then you have these these upper middle class people protesting at the Capitol that they want their salons reopened and they want to be able to go and get their, um, get their, like you said, haircuts and their nails done. And, and it's just like, okay, well, maybe some of us should start walking around and saying, Hey, you know, us, us, us normal folks, us people who work, you know, retail and food and, you know, maybe, maybe we kind of want some money here because um, <laughs> we're broke and we have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. You're a hundred percent right about pretty much everything you said, actually everything you said. <laughs> um, but um, before we run out of time, I wanted to show you guys that video of oh, Chris yes. Hedges talking about, um, Bernie Sanders, he actually wrote an article called Et tu Brute, and I'm going to share with you uh, when he appeared on the Jimmy Dore show, and as you can see him here alongside Chris Hedges. So I'm just going to move us alongside over here and go ahead and play the video. So just one moment for that. And um, here's some of it. Let me just read some of it. It says there are two versions of Bernie Sanders. There is the old Bernie Sanders who mounted a quixotic campaign for the Democratic presidential nomination as a Democratic socialist who refused corporate cash and excoriated corporate Democrats. And there is the new Bernie Sanders who dutifully plays by the party rules, courts billionaires, refuses to speak out in support of the lawsuit brought against the Democratic National Committee, for rigging the primaries against him and endorses Democratic candidates who espouse the economic and political positions he once denounced. He's talking about Joe Biden, guys. (laughs) Sanders, although he knew by September 2016 that the process was rigged, said nothing to his supporters. He was tacitly complicit in the cover-up. It was left to to one of the architects of the fraud down in Brazil to reveal the scam. But by then, it was too late. Sanders' capitulation in the face of the overwhelming evidence of the rigging of the nomination process was political and moral cowardice. He missed his historical moment, one that should have, been, should have seen him denounce a corp- corrupt, corporate-dominated party elite and walk away to build a third-party candidacy. Sanders will never recover politically. Those who support Sanders' capitulation, including his high-priced establishment consultants, will argue that politics is about compromise and the practical. This is true, but playing politics in a system that is not democratic is about (laughs) becoming part of the charade. We need to overthrow this system, not placate it. Revolution is almost always a doomed enterprise, one that succeeds only because its leaders eschew the practical and are endowed with what the theologian Reinhold Niebuhr calls sublime madness. 
Sadner's lacks this sublime madness, the quality to find Eugene Debs, and for this reason, Sanders is morally and temperamentally unfit to lead this fight. Those are strong words, but I think everything you said is absolutely true, and I remember the first time I read it, I don't remember it because I blocked it out. And so then I reread it, and then I was like, God, I read this before, and how come I don't remember any of it? And All right, guys, <laughs> let's go ahead and pause that there. Um, so let me return this just one moment. And um, so really interesting video. Your initial thoughts on that, Ashley? Um, it totally made me forget about <laughs> one of the things I loved so much about this video is um, I was really upset when Bernie endorsed Biden. And um, this, and I, what they talked about is so on point, so accurate. Mm -hmm. He was saying he was going to take on Wall Street. He was going to get rid of corruption in Washington. No. And he can't even stand up for himself. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it saddened me that he clearly could not be that, po that progressive leader that we all thought he was going to be. Yeah, absolutely. Bernie Sanders was the leader of the progressive movement. He did everything. He showed every, every characteristic that he needed to show to get the votes that he did. Um, I mean, he was a moral leader. He was a just leader. The only thing is that he did this intentionally, you know? He wasn't just too nice to Joe Biden. He wasn't just too nice to Nancy Pelosi or to the Democratic Party. He intentionally did not want to go against them and fight and rally against them. Yeah, because they are aware that, or at least he is aware that what that what that's going to result in is another Ralph Nader situation, and which, if you didn't know his name before this episode or bef or anything, there's that a reason why. for that. <laughs> there's a reason for that. Yeah, um, and people were working against him, even though he was a truth teller and all this other stuff. That's what we want to portray to you guys. Um, that's what we wanted you to get out of that. Um, and the reason I wanted also to highlight why Etu Brute was what he, or Etu um, Bernie is why he chose the, the title of that. And the reason why he did that is because um, um, Caesar had said uh, Etu Brute to his best friend, the one that stabbed him in the Senate, the one that actually killed him. And I think he's talking about us. We are Caesar and Bernie Sanders stabbed us. Our best friend stabbed us in the back. And that's what it kind of feels like. And Bernie, if you're watching this, I'm so sorry, man. I love you, but you fucked up. Um, and yeah. I'll end that on this, on that note. So thank you guys again so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Bye. So once again, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in to our podcast. Once again, we just want to inform you. We want to arm you with the knowledge that it's going to take to reform your thinking and hopefully make an action because or take action because what's going on on a daily basis in our government and in politics should bother you to your core it should disgust you because what's going on is literally it's fraud it's extortion it, on a massive scale it, it's a mass murder like you name you name it, it 
the government is doing it. Um, uh, and that goes for privacy rights, that goes for many different things. So um, if you want to learn a little bit more, if you want to educate yourself, maybe you don't tune into the news every single day, maybe you don't read every single article. I do that just because I'm a fucking nerd and uh, Ashley does that because she loves to, to, to learn a little bit more about that as well. Um, so, uh, and of course, she's a political junkie too. So once again, uh, please give us a follow on our social medias. Uh, follow us on Facebook at the Oligarchy Disruptor Podcast. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at O Disruptor Podcast. Uh, on YouTube, you can also find us now uh, at the Oligarchy Disruptor Podcast. So um, once again, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.